Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Luck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Luck, and today it's a How I Got Here version of the podcast with NASCAR's Zane Stoddard, who is the Vice President of Entertainment Marketing and Content Development and someone who is responsible for bringing celebrities to the track and movie projects and TV projects and all sorts of things that happen out in NASCAR's LA office and Kind of a very interesting combination of entertainment and sports that he's been in throughout his career. So I thought it'd be a good chance to talk to him, see how he got to that point. What leads you to that career path? I I really didn't know. So um, on the morning of the Fontana race, before Zane was hosting a bunch of celebrities that day, I got a chance to sit down and talk to him about how he got to where he is today. All right, everybody. I'm here with Zane Stoddard, who is the vice president of content oh i already screwed it up zane what is it what is it what's your title (laughs) it can be whatever you want it to be jeff but (laughs) to last i checked it was vice president entertainment marketing and content development okay so you do that for nascar and let's just start out before we uh try to get into how you got to this point what what does that mean what do you do now on on like a daily basis or uh what are some of your goals now yeah so we um we are responsible for things all things entertainment related so we develop content we are one of the groups within nascar that develops content as part of our our, our company's broader content strategy um so we develop tv film digital projects um we work on strategic partnerships with with studios like um disney and pixar and cars 3 last year um and then lastly we work with talent so we program um, the performers for some of the pre-race concerts across our, our tracks, as well as getting the celebrities out to our events, which is uh, something that we work hard on and uh, hope that we can sample our sport for these guys, particularly when we're in the L.A. market. Yeah, so right now we're sitting in a suite where I understand later today you're going to be entertaining the, cele- the celebrities are going to be right here. Is that correct? So we have some big names coming out. But people have already heard this by that time. But um, how important is it for you guys to, you know, show the sport to different people that don't normally see it? Uh, we think it's very important. It's we, Our product is so great. So it's really just a matter of, of giving people an opportunity to be exposed to it and sample it. Um, I, I have not experienced having somebody out who didn't flip out and think this is one of the coolest experiences they've had. So it's really fun to get them out. Um, you know, and once again, when we're in Southern California and, and many of them live here, it's a little easier than in some other markets to get them out. So we think it's a, a good thing for NASCAR along with all the other great things that our company does in marketing is to get these influential people out, have them... Um, leveraging their social media to to talk about their experience at our events. So how did you get to this point? How did you get to the point where you're showing up at a NASCAR race and hosting celebrities and you have an IMDB page because you're the executive producer of Logan Lucky and all this sort of thing? I mean, like, how how in your life did, did you get to this point? 
<laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> How do we all get to this point? I have no idea. Um, so I grew up in California. Um, I was just didn't happen to be exposed to, to NASCAR. I was certainly aware of it. Um, I've been a sports fan, every sport under the sun since I was a kid, which I think many people are that work at NASCAR. Um, had the fortune out of college of working for an NBA team then Nike, then the NBA uh, league office itself for almost a decade. And so hadn't had the exposure to it, but being in the sports business, I knew that it was a big, great business. And I so I had respect of it um, from arm's length. And um, through relationships, you know, the opportunity became available and jumped at it. And uh, it's been awesome ever since. So when you get out of college, um, you know, of course, there's many people that say, hey, I want to work in sports. Um, it's not that easy, though. So how did you did, um, were you able to make that first opportunity or that first door open for yourself with the, with the NBA? You know, it. Uh, I think everybody who's in sports would agree it can happen a hundred different ways. Um, I think the, the tried and true is through relationships. Um, making sure that you are interacting with people who have the ability to give you opportunities um, in the space. Um, you know, like many people in sports, I worked for free. Um, I started out with the LA Clippers and the sponsorship group over there working for free, hustling up and down the stairs at the LA sports arena wow. <laughs> way back when. Um, and then just being in that position gave me the opportunity to, to, to develop those relationships deeper. And then when the position became full-time, um, I was the guy who happened to be sitting there and, and already trained by them. So, you know, developing those relationships and um, working for free is something that uh, there's not many people who will turn down uh, the opportunity to have somebody work for free for you. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big advocate of that. So, um, you go from there to Nike, and then when you were at the NBA, um, I understand just from peeking at your LinkedIn profile that you You've were been stalking uh, me, Jeff. Sorry, <laughs> uh, you you did a lot of the the entertainment stuff as similar to what you're doing with NASCAR. So, how does a guy? Um, and I don't know, you know, exactly what you studied for in college or what your training was, but how do you end up on the entertainment side suddenly for a huge sports league like that? I think just growing up out here and having so many friends who went into the business throughout the business, um, not the least of which is my wife grew up in the business and has been in the business for 30 years or so. Um, I had a certain level of exposure to how it worked. Hmm. And um, I, the the process for me was I, I was really in a more traditional category of, of the sports business, which is sponsorship. Um, and, and then into some level of marketing and promotions while at Nike. Um, but being in Southern California, I started to, it, it was around the time when product placement and quote unquote entertainment marketing started to become relatively important to brands or something that brands were looking at. And so I started working with bands while I was there. I sort of transitioned on my own. I was working in sponsorship, but I still um, started to develop some relationships with bands and um, and then some productions and, and w started to develop 
um, or generate some opportunities with Nike um, to be in movies, to be in music videos and some of those things. So when I went to the NBA, um, I was there all of six months in the consumer products group, um, a tr- traditional line of marketing within within sports. Um, and I and I, with the help of some others, proposed that we open an LA office. I was they'd moved me out from Southern California. I was there six months. I literally just found an apartment <laughs> and started proposing an LA office. Um, and an entertainment marketing division. It just the timing was good because, as I said, brands are starting to um, check out entertainment to to promote um, themselves, and and so David Stern signed off on it and sent me back out to L.A. I, I literally had just gotten my stuff off the moving van, put it back on the moving van, and <laughs> wow. moved back out to L.A. and and opened a small office out there and did that for a decade. At that time, it became full time the the entertainment marketing um, opportunity, and it was new, so I could try some some new things and kind of figure out through through mistakes and and what worked in 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 refining it. And it's and you know we certainly the media landscape change is changing as everybody knows so much, and so you're constantly changing things like any category of business. Um, but when I got to NASCAR, I was able to apply some of those learnings, even though the, the sport is a little different and the cadence of the season and and the ability to shoot at the track and different things like that is different from sport to sport. The application within entertainment is the same. So you've basically been in sort of the sports combo entertainment field now exactly, for 20 yeah. something years it sounds mm-hmm. like do you guys contact studios and just throw something against the wall and just say hey are you interested in this project or if it's a celebrity do you contact you know 100 celebrities and if you get five to say yeah we'll come to the race that's a success like how does that even begin to work yeah great question um you know we don't like other forms of marketing we we don't generally speaking we don't spend money and so you can't just buy a billboard and expect the billboard to be, um, you know, out. You there is a there's a heavy element of speculation in it, so it's speculative. We do have to develop a certain number of TV projects, for example, in order to get one to hit, hmm. and we do have to invite a lot of celebrities in order to get a certain number. To, to come and that's part of the the drill um, I will say that we've you know we have a great group out here it's by far not just me um, we have gotten very strategic about it so that we can we can at least reduce some of the the fat entertainment marketing can be a lot of spending a lot of money. There are a lot of brands out there that spend money to get a suite at a hotel to give a bunch of swag to celebrities. We don't do that. We try to be, we try to do things that are as quantifiable as possible. You have to be able to translate it to something that is quantifiable and and addresses the strategic direction of, of the business. And so we've tried to be as sophisticated about it as possible and think we do a fairly good job of that. Um, you know, you, you've had a lot of successes recently, I mean, from, from Cars 3 and Logan Lucky and 
Um, seems like there's a lot of projects in the in the pipeline and things like that from what I've read from Adam Stern tweets and things like that. So um, how do you guys define success, I guess, in your role? Like what is a, what is a good day for you guys? Um, a good day is generating opportunities that meet our strategic needs. So we pride ourselves on um, and just by the nature of what we do, we are leveraging other people's platforms. So inherently, the things that, that NASCAR does in entertainment is going to get in front of new audiences. And so anytime we can get in front of new audiences and then even more defined um, some of the the younger and multicultural audiences that we're going after um, is a win for us. Within that, underneath all that, we have, we have certain... Um, goals based on metrics that that we go after so we we try to be as as targeted and surgical as we can with uh with what we do so if somebody wanted to follow your career path and was like wow this sounds really cool you know i love sports or i love nascar and i'd love to you know sort of spread the gospel and and get involved in tv projects or movie projects or have celebrities come um what what advice would you give them? How do they? Where would they even start? So it's definitely not. I mean, gosh, if if there are so many companies now that invest in entertainment marketing, they either have an entertainment marketing person or they have a group that does it. Particularly the major, the the, the Fortune 500 or so brands like a Coca Cola um, has folks who are dedicated to entertainment marketing, and so. When I was starting, it was quite niche. Um, nowadays, um, you really do, there is a career path for entertainment marketing. The agencies um, have groups or divisions that that represent brands in entertainment marketing. We'll develop programs for the brands that represent in entertainment marketing. Um, obviously, there are some of the sports properties are, are dedicated to it. Um, most of, as I mentioned, most of the major consumer brands are committed to, to entertainment marketing, so they have groups that do that. So there's a there's a there's a defined career path um, these days for it. It's it's you know at its core, it's it's marketing, and so even though it's with entertainment, you know we will will often sort of joke that we'll get the um, you know, fill in the blank, the housewives out to a race. And <laughs> understandably, uh, you might have some people in the halls who, you know, grumble, why are we, why are we doing stuff with uh, the housewives? And, and I always say, we don't really care about the housewives. We're going after their audience because mm-hmm. it's Bravo and it's, it's millennials and it's, it's, um, you know, a relatively progressive audience. So all that to say, there's a defined career path these days for entertainment marketing that that crosses over most major brands. Wow, that's really fascinating. Well, thank you so much on a super busy day for taking the time to share your story with us. Thanks, Jeff. Fun. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Big thanks to Zane for his time. We did that on race day morning, and he was super busy that morning. So glad we were able to squeeze that interview in. I definitely appreciate him doing that. If you liked this podcast, you might want to check out the podcast coming out next Thursday, which is going to be with Lauren Edwards of Rain Digital. And um, that's more of uh, marketing talk. She does social media for several people in NASCAR, including Jimmy Johnson. And so she can talk to social media marketing, things like that, how you promote yourself, and hopefully 
if you enjoyed this one, I think you will like that one as well. Obviously, no post-race podcast coming this weekend, so I won't be able to talk to you guys till next Tuesday when the 12 Questions with Noah Gregson comes out. That was the interview we taped in the Martinsville bathroom right before he had to go out and qualify for the truck, so that was a bit unusual one. You'll definitely want to check that out. Before we go, though, I do want to give some patron shout-outs this week. These are people who have pledged $10 or more per month on my Patreon page, which allows me to get to the races, and I've been very appreciative so far. I've been to all the race weekends this year for NASCAR. I guess I can't say I've been to all the races because I didn't actually go to the Martinsville race. I had to go home as it was being uh, snowed out, so I was on the plane during that. had to leave that day, but I've been to all the race weekends, I guess you could say. been able to travel to them thanks to people like Dave Sykes, Jennifer Smith, Debbie George, and Andrew Carnahan, so thanks to all of you. Thanks to all of you as well for listening. Really appreciate your support. It, it really means a lot, and it truly is why I do this. Um, and we get to off weekends like this, and I get a, t- a chance to sort of take a deep breath and digest and be like, wow, this is really, really cool um, that I'm still having this opportunity. So thank you so much for listening and for your support. Excited to talk to you next week as the NASCAR season continues. Until then, have a great Easter. Talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.